Hello, everybody. Dave Therrien here. And we are wrapping up our Easter series called 30 Days to Easter. And we find ourselves today on the day of Pentecost, 50 days later. What a great event that was. You know, the, the resurrection of Jesus was an incredible event. It finished the work of salvation. But then God did something else. He created the church. Oh, that's you and me. And what a dynamic part we play in the plan of God here on the earth. And we're going to see what happened 50 days after Jesus rose from the grave. And there's one quality that the apostles had. And you know what that was? When Jesus told them to wait for the gift, they waited. Oh yeah, they waited and they prayed and they waited and they prayed. And right off the bat, what a good lesson that is for us, that when we wait, pray. And when we pray, wait. So we're going to wrap up our series today. We're going to get right into church. This is our last sermon on the Easter series, 30 Days to Easter. Why don't we go in and open up with prayer, and then we're going to get right into our message. So buckle up, and here we go. Well, Lord, thank you for all we've had so far today. We thank you that we were able to sing songs about how great you are and powerful and how you loved us with the scars that you'll wear for eternity to remind us about your love and where our salvation came from. Thank you, Lord, that this church is so fired up about helping people they don't even know, and they won't see till they get to heaven. People in faraway lands, we pray for them, God, and pray you continue to minister to their needs. Thank you for those that participate in that. And now, Lord, we lift up this time to you as we study your word. I pray God it speaks to each and every heart, and I really believe it will because we ask it in Jesus' name. And the whole house said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, Easter has come and gone a few weeks ago. But the good news is, the story of Easter continues. You see, Easter isn't a one-time event. It's actually a catalyst, a taking off for things that are actually going to come. What's going, we're going to go back to the day of Jesus' resurrection as a reminder and then see what it prepared us for today. The ladies came to anoint the body with spices. Jesus was laid in the tomb that night that he died. But when they got to the tomb, he wasn't there. An angel or two met them at the tomb and told them Jesus had risen from the dead. They told the ladies, go tell the disciples to go meet Jesus in Galilee. And there Jesus gave them what is called the Great Commission, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. Kind of like what Dr. Tom was talking about this morning, going into Togo, West Africa. So he gave them the Great Commission, but wait, like, not yet. First, something had to happen. The church had to be born. And this is where we find ourselves in Acts chapter 1. Luke is writing. He wrote the first half of Acts. He's writing to a Roman named Theophilus. And he said in verse 1, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Well, what was the first account? The Gospel of Luke. He wrote that to Theophilus. 
a Roman that was curious about Christ. Now, his second account is the first half of the book of Acts. So he said, I wrote in that first account all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen, the Great Commission. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. So after Jesus rose from the grave, he stayed around for 40 days, and he appeared to people, the 12, the 70, to 500. There were many eyewitnesses to the resurrected Christ. And then in verse 4, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, talking to the disciples, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard her from me. You heard her from me. What, what, what promise did they hear from Jesus that they had to wait for? When did they hear this? Well, in Luke 24, Jesus appeared to them on the beach. He did a lot of work on the beach. He met the disciples on the beach and called them on the beach. How many of you like the beach? You're very spiritual. <laughs> Behold, he said, this is what he promised. I send forth the promise of my Father on you. But you sit in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. What was that promise? Oh, it was the Holy Spirit. Remember he said, if I don't go away, I can't send the helper. But if I do go away, I'll send him to you. And he'll bring to your remembrance all the things that I told you. Well, here comes the promise. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Jesus said, for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, not today, but it's coming. And then we get to verse 8, confirming the Great Commission. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. So, before he ascended, when he met them in, the, in Galilee, he gave them the Great Commission. But he said, wait. Got to wait for power from the Spirit. He told them to wait. And now he's confirming, again, that Great Commission. And you know what I love about this church? We got people here that love the Great Commission. And we go into West Virginia. And we go into Togo, West Africa. And we support people in Australia and South America with the message of the gospel. So then after Jesus gave that final commission, he went right up, ascending into heaven. So now they're waiting. How many here like to wait? I don't like to wait. I hate to wait. You know what I don't like? I don't like lines. Oh, can I get an amen? I don't like lines, yeah. The other day I stopped through a drive-thru. I'm going to get a cup of coffee. I pull up and I look, ooh, there's only one car at the pay window and there's one car at the order window. So I pull behind the car at the order window and I'm waiting. This is going to be great. I'll be out of here. One minute goes by, two minutes goes by, three minutes go by. 
Four minutes go by, and I'm watching the car in front of me. His lips aren't even moving. You know what that means? They haven't even taken his order yet. I'm like, really? I said, enough of this. And I pulled out and I left because I don't like to wait. When I pulled out, I noticed <laughs> the car was at the pay window was still there. And the guy at the order window was still there. And I said, good move. I still be there today. Good move that I left. I don't need coffee that bad, you know. But the apostles are not like me. They waited, thankfully. I couldn't wait five minutes. They waited 50 days. Good thing I wasn't there. So here we are, 50 days later, and we arrive at Acts chapter 2. And verse 1. And in the fulfilling of the day of Pentecost, they were all with one mind in the same place. So all the disciples were together. The 11 disciples, plus there were others with them as well. Now, Pentecost was one of the three great Jewish festivals with Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles being the other two. It fell on the 50th day after Passover. So Jesus died on Passover. That was about April, in around the middle of April. So here we are now in June. In June, we have the Feast of Pentecost, 50 days later. Being in June made travel very easy for Jews all over the world to come to Jerusalem. See, that was one of the high holy days that everybody needed to make that pilgrimage at least one time. As a matter of fact, it was commanded that all Jewish males make that pilgrimage at least one time to Jerusalem. But this day of Pentecost was different. You know what happened? The floodgates of heaven opened and the Holy Spirit was poured out. Verse 2, suddenly a sound came out of heaven as being borne along by a violent wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. The disciples were in a prayer meeting up in a house and all of a sudden it's like somebody opened the windows. The sound of a wind came through. Verse 3, tongues as a fire appeared to them being distributed and it sat on each one of them. The appearance of a flame sat upon each disciple. And it signified two things. Number one, the presence of God. God was there. Number two, a diverse tongue was given to each of the disciples. Fire often represents the presence of God. Remember when God spoke to Moses from a fiery bush? God was in the bush. He led the Jews by night in the Exodus by fire in the sky. When God was on the mountain, it burned with fire, signifying his presence. He consumed Elijah's offering with fire. So fire is significant of God's presence. In verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what happened? <laughs> They began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave ability to them to speak. This is incredible. See, this is connected to the Great Commission. They had to speak in different languages in order to fulfill the Great Commission. Remember, Jews came from all over the world. This is where the Great Commission began. And it started 
back then in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And you know what? It continues today. That's why I said Easter, Resurrection Sunday, that's the catalyst. Oh, yeah, that's the starting point. That's not the end. That's the beginning. And now we're in it. It's like a tidal wave, and we're in it. And we're part of what God started 2,000 years ago. Now, the reason for tongues in different languages, this is why. Verse 5. Jews were living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation of those under heaven. Devout Jews. Their devotedness was demonstrated by the fact that they made the journey to Jerusalem for Passover and for Pentecost, for those high holy days. Remember, Jews were living all over the world in those days. They were conquered and they were carried away by foreign nations. And they actually remained in those nations when they were free. And they had children and their children had children and their children. And they learned the language and they learned the culture of those nations. Persecution scattered Jews, and they fled to other nations, and they lived in different parts of the Middle East and uh, parts of northern Africa. But now they're all coming back. They're all coming back. You know why? They're seeking God, like you're doing today. You're seeking God. You know, don't ever underestimate coming to church on Sunday and just sitting and singing and listening and serving and giving. Don't ever underestimate that. You know why? That's the life of the church. That's what keeps the church alive. That's what keeps it going. So on Pentecost, the church is born. It was born by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, filling all the believers. That begins people going into the body of Christ. Oh, the church is unique. We are the bride of Christ. With the body of Christ, everyone a member. So now that the church is born, the next thing the church has to do, it has to grow. It can't stay an infant. It's got to grow. So the apostles go down into town. Remember, they're all in this upper room. They're all filled with the Spirit. God gave them the ability to speak foreign languages because there were Jews from all over parts of Europe and Africa speaking foreign languages. So they went downtown, and they began to preach about Jesus to the people that were there from all over the world. And notice in verse 6, this sound occurring, the multitude came together. <laughs> they were confounded. They're like, what, what's going on here? Because they each heard them speaking, ooh, in his own dialect. We have Jews that don't speak. Jewish. Is that a language? Jewish? I don't know what they call it. We have Jews from all over the world. They speak foreign languages. And they're hearing these Galileans speak in their languages. They're like, how's that happen? All were amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these speaking Galileans? We know how Galileans talk. How do we hear them in our own dialect in which we were born? And then all the countries are named in the next few verses where all these people came from. They were all amazed at what they were hearing because these men were not from other parts of the world. They were from Judah. They were Galileans. 
But in verse 13, they thought they figured it out. They're like, oh, we got it. It says, but ridiculing, others said, they're all full of sweet wine. That's the problem. I don't know how you, rec how you can reconcile that, though, being drunk and speaking another language. These guys are all full of wine. That's what happened. But somebody else said, no, no, wait a minute. It's not even 9 o'clock in the morning yet. Now, there's a Bible lesson there for some of you. And I'll let you figure that out. Then Peter, gotta love Peter. Peter was always the first one to speak, all in the ministry time of Jesus. And you know what? He hasn't changed. It's funny, we change in salvation in some ways, but other ways we don't change. And Peter didn't change, he's still outspoken. And he proceeded to preach a great sermon. And you know what he spoke about? He spoke about the coming end times. He told people, get ready. A time is coming. Oh, it's not going to be good. He talked about the great tribulation and his message. He talked about Jesus Christ and the ministry of Christ and all the fantastic things that he did. He mentioned in his sermon that Jesus was predetermined by God the Father to come and die for our sins. It was always in the mind of God that when mankind needed a Savior, Jesus would be that Savior and he would come. God already had it all figured out way back in eternity past. He preached that crucified Christ would be crucified by lawless men, bad people, people that don't want God, people that don't want Christ, people that want their own way, their own religion, but they don't want God. He preached that Jesus would rise from the grave, which he did. Then he said, we saw him. Peter said in his sermon, he said, we saw the risen Christ. You've got to believe it. We're staking our life on it. We know what we saw. We know who he is. Then he said, you know, we, we saw him ascend into heaven. Yeah, Galilee. Went right up. He went up. You know what he didn't do? He didn't vaporize. He went up through the clouds. You know what that tells me? Heaven is not a parallel dimension. These weirdos on late night radio, they say, heaven's a, there's a parallel dimension. And we go back and forth. No, Jesus didn't fade. He went up. I believe heaven's a geographic location. There's three heavens the Bible talks about. There's the heaven of the atmosphere, the abode of the birds. Then there's a heaven of outer space, the abode of the angels. And then there's a third heaven, the abode of God. It's at the end, the edge of space. How far is that? Too far to travel. Don't worry, you'll never get there without Jesus Christ. So Peter said, all these things I saw, and then he hit him with a clincher. Repent and be baptized. Change your thinking about who Christ is. And then prove it by being baptized. See, that's what water baptism is. It's a proving, a demonstration of our faith in Christ. You haven't, if you haven't been baptized, that's a commandment. Everybody should be water baptized as a demonstration of their faith in Christ.
said, be baptized because you believe that Jesus was crucified. And he's the same one that God made to be Lord. Yeah, he's the Lord. See, when Peter saw Jesus, he said, no, he's not a carpenter. He's not a fisherman. He's not a teacher. He's not a rabbi. He's the Lord. He's the Lord. He's the Lord of all. That's what people have to come to. They have to come to the fact that Christ is the Lord of all. And until someone ever gets to that point, they will never know salvation. They'll never know forgiveness. This is what Peter wants these people to understand. And now, you know what? The work continues. The church was born 50 days after the resurrection of Christ. It began to grow at the preaching of Peter. You know what the Bible tells us? That day when Peter was done preaching, <laughs> 3,000 people got saved. Wow. 3,000. And now 2,000 years later, here we are, us. We're fulfilling the Great Commission. We're doing what Jesus started 2,000 years ago. That's how we got saved. Someone shared it with us. And that's how others will be saved. We will share it with them. That's how it works. The Great Commission is simply sharing what you know about Christ, who he is. God come in the flesh, died for your sins. We've been commissioned to spread that message. That's it. There's nothing greater or higher to live for than something like that. There's nothing wrong with having other interests in life, but I'll tell you what. It should never be at the exemption of the Great Commission. That should be a very big part of our life. Somehow, some way, we should have an active role in the Great Commission. Like Dr. Tom said, could be through praying, could be through going, could be through giving. But anybody can share. Anybody can say, you know, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Let me tell you why he's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How he rose from the grave. How he shed his blood. Died for my sons. Anybody can do that. And that's part of what we do. So be a part of it. Be a part of it. And let the effects of Easter, Resurrection Sunday, continue. Because that was a catalyst for us to do what we're doing today. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you that you love people. And you love us so much that you raised up the church. And you gave the church a message. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. God, I thank you that as a church, not a big church, a little church, but we're able to do that. I thank you, God, that we can support missionaries that bring the gospel into the remotest parts of the earth. I thank you that we had a part in starting 75 churches where people could come and find hope and find Christ. I thank you, Lord, that we have clinics and wells and orphan programs and things that can give people hope. And even in our own lives, Lord, I thank you for those that shared Christ with us and those that we're able to share Christ with. Such an important part of life, the most important part of life, the Great Commission. If you're here today and you're saved, it's because someone shared Christ with you. They fulfilled the Great Commission 
Are they carrying out the Great Commission in their life? And what a joy to be able to do that with other people. If you're here today and you haven't been exposed to the gospel, maybe today's the first day. Oh, God loves you. And that's why Jesus came. And he died for your sins, that you'd never perish, but you too can have everlasting life. You have to be like Peter and say, yes, he is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord of all. I believe he died for my sins. When you really believe that with all your heart, you become part of the church and God fills you with the Holy Spirit. And you become born of God and you belong to him. If today's the first day that you've ever done that in your life, you have become a child of God. God wrote your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life and you have the guarantee, the certainty of heaven with him. If you did do that today after service, we'll have some deacons down front. They'd like to give you a pack of information to find out what it means to be born of God. What just happened? And if you're watching online, we want to send it out to you. Just contact us. We'll mail that packet out to you so you can discover the same wonderful things. So, Father, thank you for these things. Thank you for all the things we talked about today and the songs we sung and just for a great day in church. And thank you for all those that participated. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll tell you what, the Great Commission. The Great Commission has done wonderful things for us. It's sealed our fate with the Lord Jesus in eternity forever. And it's given us a purpose. It's given us a higher purpose for life than, yeah, living for ourselves. We can actually live a life in a way that becomes a blessing to others by sharing who Jesus is with them. And think about it. As part of the body of Christ, we have that intimate, personal relationship with him. And what better thing to do than to bring a friend, a loved one, a relative, maybe even a stranger, into that same relationship with God. So, Pentecost Sunday, it's good to remember, it's the day of the birth of the church. And it's the day that God continued to reveal his plan to grow his kingdom. And now he's using his people. Think about that. He used Jesus to bring salvation. And now he uses his people to take that salvation and the message and spread it all over the world. Well, I hope this Easter season has been a blessing to you. I hope the messages have been. And it's kind of sparked something in you to want to draw closer to God. And if you want to draw closer to God, join the Hope Club. Watch how easy it is. Go to newhoperadio.live. Newhoperadio.live. That's all you have to do. And you'll see a little button, join the Hope Club. It'll tell you everything that you need to know. And why are we there? so you can have a more personal, intimate relationship with God. Thank you for joining us here on the radio. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're in the area, visit us, newhopecc.tv. That's online. Or you can join us, Route 6, Swansea, Massachusetts. Thanks for coming along. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.